ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय दिस मॉर्निंग रिस्पॉन्ड टू क्वेश्चन फ्रॉम दयाल निथाई दास खजाम दरिजिनल राशन is with sankarshan nitai prabhu uh, and i uh, what you can do you can read mm. let me see You can read up to the end of question one, and now take it. And in the meantime, I'll read it in English simultaneously with the with the mic off. So please go ahead. This is from a Russian translation. So. I meditate in the translation as I go along. There is one Mataji in Russia who preaches on the internet what is from my perspective quite clearly feministic ideas and she quotes Srila Prabhupada for each idea that she gives uh, a quote from herself no doubt the traditional model of women's behavior is good it helps maintain peace in the family the traditional role of women is more natural for, for them However, why then did Srila Prabhupada let his disciples perform many untraditional or quote, unwomanly, unquote roles in his society? Wouldn't it, be more, wouldn't it be easier for him to reject modern emancipated women entry to his movement or immediately put them in the stronghold of man's mighty arm or heavy words. She is an authority among some young women and men in our society. She has her website where she teaches other matters common sense. She even wrote a book with Prabhupada's quotations to support her ideas. She wrote on a forum that she respects Bhaktivika Swami but Prabhupada's opinion is more dear to her hinting that your position about the traditional role of men and women in our society is different from Prabhupada's position. In general, this Mataji quite boldly refutes uh, what she says to be misconception to this from Guru Bhaktivika Swami and Bhaktivita Purna Swami. She also broke down fragments from her lecture, The Duties of Men, where you speak about the traditional role of women, published on bbks.ru, and after each paragraph about eight giving quotes from Srila Prabhupada. In connection to this three questions, Should we get in an argument with her? Vishishta Prabhu tried to point out to her that her ideas contradict Shastras, but she said that the main thing is what Prabhupada said. 
from one side it's pointless to argue with her but from another many read her and they want that people will see a different viewpoint based on uh, a different viewpoint to that which is from my lectures and the books of Srila Prabhupada um Pretty much all these points are covered in this book of mine, uh, which is now renamed Mothers and Masters. Uh, it's all, this is all a manifestation of ISKCON's culture wars. A culture war is a, uh, it's not just something I made up, it's a, it's a commonly used term for the uh, robust disagreements over uh, traditional attitudes and roles robust robust means strong that is particularly prominent in the United States of America at the present time where uh, fundamentalist Christians in particular uh, they are against uh, abortion homosexuality, divorce, and so and feminism, <laughs> which are all promoted by the modern uh, liberal society. So there, in a very, uh, very general uh, way, is a definition of culture war, uh, which is conducted on the internet, uh, within various institutions, especially especially churches, um, in, ed- in educational institutions, which uh, are, however, almost uh, completely sold out to the um, Marxist philosophy of which feminism is one manifestation. Mm-hmm. You might be surprised to hear that uh, educational institutions in America are influenced by Marxist philosophy. And there is actually a very uh, revealing... Uh, video of it's quite lengthy, more than two hours, I believe, of a uh, an ex KGB agent explaining how uh, in Soviet times there was a deliberate uh, uh, endeavor to uh, conduct psychological warfare on the United States. Feminist ideas, Marxist. Oh, but I didn't say that in that particular sentence. Uh, so uh, uh, to uh, to introduce ideas that would uh, undermine society. Uh, so the Soviet Union collapsed, but the effect of that psychological warfare is now manifesting to the extent that a child who is slapped by his father or mother. Uh, for misbehavior can report that to the police and the police will arrest the parent. And that is just one example of the absolute insanity that uh, is the resultant of the modern liberal ethos. Anyway, it's a big story. How? Uh, yeah, feminism is also a manifestation of this, uh, of this uh, ultra-egalitarianism. Uh, 
as I point out in that book, Mothers and Masters, someday the great intellectual elites of the world may wake up to the amazing realization that men and women are different. Uh, regarding the traditional role of men and women, uh, I learned this from Prabhupada actually, no one else taught it to me from, yeah. And from my uh, many years of uh, intimately living among uh, Indian people. Thank you, but I don't need it. No, thank you. I saw these principles in action. Now, a, uh, a dichotomy may arise in our mind when we see that Srila Prabhupada, he wrote and spoke about traditional societal values to a great degree. And Shastra itself describes it. Then, uh, the question that given by this uh, Mataji or as they like, they like to be called Prabhus usually, these, these uh, feministic matajis within our movement. She, uh, that, did that come to Russia yet? Not yet. Not yet, that's too, too, too bizarre. It didn't, it's too bizarre to have made it under the radar. Yeah. Then the question is that, uh, she puts the question, why did Srila Prabhupada let his female disciples perform many untraditional or apparently unwomenly roles in his society. And she gives the rhetorical uh, question, wouldn't it have been easier for him just to reject modern emancipated women entry to his movement? Uh, well, as I've analyzed in that book, Mothers and Masters, uh, Srila Prabhupada, and as he himself stated many times, he made many concessions for the people of the Western world, who are very far away from any idea of spiritual culture. Uh, there are several indications that he did want his female disciples to follow that traditional culture. But seeing their uh, unwillingness and to uh, accept that position, he didn't force them to do so. For instance, it's described in uh, one of the books of Satsurup Das Goswami, that Srila Prabhupada, uh, he first gave Brahminical initiation to, I think it was three male devotees. And in his account of this, um, Satsarup Das Goswami stated that there was a feministic protest from certain of the women disciples who, who just didn't come to the temple for that ceremony. And uh, seeing this, Srila Prabhupada the next day gave them the initiation. He didn't try to force them to accept something which they were so strongly uh, opposed to. There are instances of... Uh, oh, there, there's one account of one uh, lady devotee who... I didn't put all this in the book, but uh, maybe I should have done. But uh, um, How Srila Prabhupada didn't want her to come in his presence during her monthly period, and she became very upset. So Srila Prabhupada said, okay, okay. She herself gave this narration. So Srila Prabhupada didn't try to force this culture on, uh, on his disciples, seeing their uh, antipathy toward it. But he showed, uh, he made it clear that we want to establish Varnashram society, and uh, within that, there are specific roles for 
men and women, not that they all do the same thing. Dhanasha means spiritually equal and uh, materially different. The Vanasham system is designed to help us become detached from material existence, of which the strongest binding force is the sexual attraction. So there is much separation between men and women, there is much demarcation of roles of men and women to, uh, to protect from uh, sexual, to protect each other from sexual attraction, which devastates spiritual advancement. Uh, there's also the consideration that uh, before the age of uh, mass widely available contraceptives, women uh, were regularly pregnant um, and that they had many children and they would look after their children. Uh, one of the, we, we hear a lot about child abuse, but practically the whole modern society is one big child abuse, or, or just abuse, everyone is abusing everyone else. Because sense gratification, individual personal sense gratification is considered to be every person's greatest goal of life and their right so women like to put their career before looking after their baby. And then, uh, well, that's a kind of child abuse in the first place. If we're going to talk, we talk about women's rights, but what about children's rights to uh, have a mother who looks after them 24 hours a day? And if we accept that, that the, the prime duty of a woman is as a mother, and not just a biological mother, uh, then that that completely changes the uh, uh, the whole role of women. Then then they're not airline pilots or bus drivers or whatever. Then uh, the question comes: Why did Srila Prabhupada let his female disciples perform many unwomanly activities? Uh, one reason is that Srila Prabhupada was making an emergency campaign against non-Krishna consciousness. It's just like a war against Maya. So Srila Prabhupada engaged everyone. Uh, but he, uh, he also uh, made it very clear that the next phase of our movement is establishing Varnashram community. And in which, uh, obviously, the Varnashram means there are Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, Shudras, and their wives. So yeah. they, they uh, yeah. Uh, and also Srila Prabhupada that Srila Prabhupada uh, engaged women according to their training, what they, they, what they could do. Yes. They, they uh, trained to act in many ways like men. So Srila Prabhupada engaged that propensity, uh, all, those, uh, all that training in preaching. Uh, she says that she takes Prabhupada's words more than my words. Well, very good. I congratulate you on that. Uh, but you might note, as for instance in this book, Women Masters, or Mothers and Masters, it's all based on quotes from Srila Prabhupada. You can't just take one side. I've, I've, uh, whatever quote she's quoting, I'm pretty sure that, that, that they are in that book also. When there are apparently uh, contradictory quotes, then it is the duty of the disciple to find the pattern. Uh, just like, for instance, in Shastra, in the Vedas, there are some statements which speak about the 
oneness of the Absolute. And others, up, if, if you take the direct meaning, they uphold duality, dual, dualism. Uh, and then there are other statements which, uh, which uh, promote material enjoyment. And so, do we take the Vedic statements that promote material enjoyment to be the supreme occupation of humans? Uh, we have to understand the overall intention of the Vedas. The Mayavadis or the Advaitavadis, they stress the uh, Abhedavakyas, those, those statements of Shastra which establish the oneness, the indivisible oneness of the Absolute. They give less, uh, uh, they explain away or give less importance to the Bhedavakyas, those which describe difference. And the Dvaitavadis, they're just the opposite. They give stress to those uh, statements which, uh, which stress dualism. And there are various uh, Vedic or Vedanta philosophies which attempt to harmonize them. The Dvaita Dvaita, uh, yeah, for instance, Vishishta Dvaita and uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, harmonized all these statements. In other words, we don't reject any of the Vedic statements by giving his Achintya Bheda Bheda Tattva. So we should uh, see all of Srila Prabhupada's statements in context. It's stated here that Vishishta Prabhu tried to point out to her that her ideas contradicted Shastra, but she said that the main thing is what Prabhupada said. And this is what the Ritvik Bhadis say. They say that, uh, well, um, this Ritvik idea is nowhere in Shastra, nowhere in tradition, but Prabhupada said it, so we follow it. What Prabhupada said, that, that cancels out anything else. Of course, it's, it's uh, not at all clear that Prabhupada established, he said, from now on no one should, should initiate after me. It's, it's a complete, con- absolute concoction, this Ritvik Vag. But uh, the Ritvik Vadis... Uh, Finding they want to establish this position and they find all the Shastra and tradition against them, so they just say, well, we just accept what Prabhupada said. We don't care for anything else. Uh, but Srila Prabhupada came to uh, present us with tradition, not to reject the tradition. He always stressed that his authority comes from Parampara, from Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. So... Um, why did Srila Prabhupada make so many adjustments in the Western world? Uh, to, for, for the, he did so for the sake of um, establish, uh, establishing the essence of Shastra. Varnashram is not the essence of Shastra. Krishna consciousness is the essence. But Varnashram society is Krishna's system which helps to make a social situation which is favorable for practicing Krishna consciousness. And the modern hedonistic culture is not at all favorable for Krishna consciousness. Should we get into debate with her? It may be very painful to do so. Uh, But I suggest that you do so. Otherwise, uh, by default, it might, it might seem that she's got the winning position. Uh, one of my godbrothers, uh, with whom I've been engaged in 
uh, in the one of the, yeah for, with the culture wars you could say for many years within Iskon uh, Basugosh Prabhu his name is you will, one, one of my god brothers his name is Basugosh Prabhu uh, with him I have been engaged in the Iskon culture wars from the beginning I remember that I, years I don't know how many years ago. Um, I was staying in Baroda, where he is the temple president of the Iskon temple there. And uh, <clears throat> I was staying at some distance from the temple because I wanted to... In the temple, people come and see me all the time and I, can't, I was concentrating on writing. So uh, one day he came to that place where I was staying and said, we've got to do something. Feminism is invading our movement. And then he explained to me that uh, by email or whatever, this was before the days of Facebook, I think it must have been by email, um, someone had made a posting about how Madonna, who is a famous uh, singer or entertainer, she had appeared, I, I believe it was at an award ceremony, wearing a sari. And different devotees saying how wonderful this is. And Basu Ghosh Prabhu had written that, well, we shouldn't get so excited. She's just another prostitute. She, he used the word prostitute. And he had been bombarded with indignant replies uh, by which he could understand that Srila Prabhupada's understanding of the moral condition of modern Western women especially, now Indian women are following them, is uh, very degraded. Another of my godbrothers, Tejas Prabhu, uh, he explained something about this to me. He, were, he, he was living in India in the, in the villages uh, even before Srila Prabhupada had gone to the West. And he only found out about ISKCON and joined it after he went back to America. And uh, one time he was speaking with one of his friends in India who he considered to be a very cultured and uh, well be yeah, cultured gentleman. And uh, he, Tejas Prabhu became shocked when that gentleman mentioned to him in the course of conversation that uh, Western women are all prostitutes, which is a very heavy indictment because according to the literal translation of prostitute, most, the vast majority of women in the Western women are not prostitutes and they would be horrified to be considered as such. So Tejas Prabhu, he was also shocked and he inquired, well, why do you say that? And then this man said that, well, they, uh, they, they don't, cover themselves properly, you see they'll walk around with their legs showing, yeah. legs and arms showing, they don't cover their heads, they wear, they don't tie their hair, they act in deliberately sexually provocative ways, many of them. They can, uh, even in public, they, they, they have no qualms about chastising their husband and uh, they can be assertive and aggressive. So this, the use, Srila Prabhupada's use of the word prostitute for, oh, and then he said also, you see, then they'll, they'll uh, have sex outside of marriage, 
So we see that Srila Prabhupada's use of the word prostitute is, uh, it's, that doesn't necessarily mean one who, uh, acts, who takes payment for sexual favors. Um, anyway, uh, that meeting of myself with Basukosh Prabhu that day, then we found out a few like-minded God-brothers and we made an email conference among ourselves about how we should approach the GBC about this uh, incoming tide of feminism. That is a very big story, how those uh, those males between us were... Uh, what do you call that? They're not exactly hacked. They were taken by the system operator and given to uh, and given to an ISKCON feminist who took selective quotes and presented them on the internet in a manner to present us in the worst possible light. The worst possible light. And then the uh, almost immediately afterward, in fact so quickly it might seem that they were aware that this was coming on the internet the North American GBC put out a statement uh, publicly condemning myself, Basu Ghosh Prabhu, and other members of that group without consulting us. Um, there's a book which was released several years ago by uh, one professor in the United States uh, called Hari Krishna Transformed, in which, he, well, the, the, the title gives the idea of the book. And um, there he notes various ways in which the movement has changed, not not just changed, but transformed. There's a difference between change and transform. Transform uh, suggests, the word transform suggests a a change so uh, complete that the original, it's not the same as the original, like a metamorphosis. Uh, So, uh, he notes in that book that uh, Iskon is no. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, so in that book, there's one chapter about the uh, about this whole affair of this uh, anti-feminist group and how the GBC rejected it and the fallout of that. The fallout. The author of that book quotes a GBC member as saying that. Let's face it, what this anti-feminist group is saying is what we all believed previously. In other words, that's when Prabhupada was present, that's what everyone in the movement accepted. And the author of that book, uh, this Professor Rockford, he states that this affair of the the rejection of the anti-feminist group, uh, it marked that within ISKCON, Srila Prabhupada's words are no longer accepted as absolute. That's a very serious statement from a uh, from a, a neutral party. The GBC has not attempted to counter that. Yeah, should you debate with her? Yeah, I, I was bringing up the point of Basu Ghosh Prabhu. From that time, which means maybe 20, maybe 20 years now, I'm not sure exactly, at least 15 years, he has been debating uh, first by email, then on websites, and then now on Facebook with ISKCON's feminists, giving quote after quote from Srila Prabhupada again and again and again. Uh, that is required 
Someone should do that. It requires tremendous patience, particularly as the other side tends to be... uh, uh, They can be very, uh, from my perspective, uh, very unreasonable, very spiteful, very insulting. And uh, one simply... You have to not lose your temper and remain respectful even if there are seemingly very little grounds to do so. Question two. Okay. Read question two. I'll read it in English. The difficulty is that attacking the position and discrediting the traditional roles of women supports Prabhupada. So concerning this situation in general, how to do if a person comes to unauthoritative opinion? Uh, that's pretty much answered already, and you will find that answered in in more detail in that book, Mothers and Masters. Okay, question three. Uh, this Mataji brings quotes from Prophet's letters or the books of his disciples where she describes how Prabhupada behaved in different kinds of situations. From here it's a question which goes beyond a given situation. Is there somewhat of gradation of Prabhupada's instructions like letters and stories from Sila Prabhupada which are more important than his books or other ones? How to be, if, how to understand if Srila Prabhupada writes one thing, but in a different letter gives contrary instructions. Yeah, that's also, I also discussed that, harmonizing the various apparent differences in uh, Prabhupada's instructions. I gave an example of that uh, when I said Srila Prabhupada told one sannyasi you should always travel and to another sannyasi never leave Vrindavan. Uh, one thing uh, is that Srila Prabhupada wrote extensively on Vedic culture and he, he about the roles of Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, Shudras and women. In his conversations he gave many examples uh, from his own personal experience. Why did Srila Prabhupada do that? It's just some kind of nostalgia. What was the point? He had so much important instruction to reveal about the goal of life and how to attain it. So why did he speak about Vedic culture? If we don't accept that Srila Prabhupada wanted to establish this Vedic culture, then practically we have to say that by talking about it so much, he was talking Prajalpa. If it has no connection to his mission, then why did he speak about it so much? Uh, My understanding is that Srila Prabhupada spoke about this to in a didactic manner, to give, to instruct us that this is what we should be aiming at. Okay, um, then the next question. Uh, actually, I think we'll skip that one. I'll skip that one because the answer is I no. We'll go on to the next one. That recog- recognizing interesting things. Recognizing interesting things. Some devotees begin to get angry when you get mentioned in dialogue. Somebody said to me once that there is no need to listen to some kind of strange lectures, hinging at your lectures. How to act in this kind of situation since I don't want to get devotees 
out of themselves. But at the same time I want to give arguments from your lectures and philosophical discussions because they are weighty and I find confirmation in Prabhupada's books. Uh, yeah, well, one way to discredit others is just to say, oh, one way to discredit others is just to say, oh, he's off, he's bogus. And people who are not very intelligent may be swayed by that. Here's a suggestion. If someone suggests, if someone talks about some strange lectures, then you can react by saying, well, who's giving strange lectures? They may say, well, I don't want to say, I don't want to offend anyone. Then you can say, well, if someone's giving strange lectures, they should be stopped from lecturing. You can push the point. Uh, if they say my name, then you can write to the Russian leaders and say, I heard that, I heard from so-and-so that Bhaktivikas Swami is not lecturing properly. Please take action. Please clarify Please stop him from lecturing, but you should make it clear what is strange. Let, bring out the point, let it be discussed. Just like uh, recently the GBC banned this book and said that uh, it's not necessarily in line with Srila Prabhupada's teachings. In other words, they're saying it's not, we think it's not in line with Prabhupada's teaching. And they received dozens of letters from various devotees saying, well, could you explain how it's not in line with Prabhupada's teachings? Uh, one disciple of mine wrote and said, look, if my guru is not in line with Prabhupada's teachings, I should reject him. So can you, can you show how he's not in line with Prabhupada's teachings? No reply. What does that suggest? To me it suggests that um, if they can't find out how it's not in line with Prabhupada's teachings, it is in line with Prabhupada's teachings. But uh, certain persons who themselves are not in line with Prabhupada's teachings, they want to condemn me on those grounds. So very cool-headedly, bring it out. If you say this is not correct, then you should show how it's not correct with full reference to Guru Sadhu and Shastra. Siddhanta Baliya Chittain Akaraha Alash Iha hoite Krishna lag. Stop it, you don't have said. Iha hoite Krishna lagi sudhirdamanosh. Philosophical discussions should not be neglected. One should uh, not be lazy in the matter of understanding philosophical conclusions. By such discussions, the mind becomes. Uh, strongly attached to Krishna. So it's not a matter that we want to show, I'm right, you're wrong. It's not like that. But we want to establish what is the proper understanding so that we can properly serve Srila Prabhupada and his mission. The proper understanding might not be as uh, clear, clear as, say, 2 plus 2 equals 4. Certainly, Srila Prabhupada wanted to establish Vedic culture, but he did also make allowances, many allowances, uh, radical allowances, for the modern world. And the modern world is more degraded now than it was even when Srila Prabhupada was present. So there is a uh, valid case for adjusting our preaching to the world as it is today. Um, but the position which I present in this book is that, all right, we may make adjustments, but we should know the direction that our movement is going in. 
and not mistake the uh, some adjustments that Srila Mahaprabhu made for eternal principle. Then, um, the next one. After your lectures, occasionally a critical mood toward other devotees arises, including senior devotees who do something wrong. We begin to see things which are obviously silly, which are done under the guise of service to Prabhupada. I talked to some of your disciples, he has the same understanding. How to go on in such situations, because I want to keep friendly relationships with devotees. I don't want to cultivate the mood of a person who, is, who cavils and nitpicks and puts others under a microscope. Um, well, this is discussed in some detail, in, in actually in much detail, in my book on speaking strongly in Srila Prabhupada's service. Um, we don't want to be critical of devotees. We want to have sweet relationships with devotees. Uh, at the same time, uh, as I see it, and I'm one among hundreds if not thousands of uh, followers of Srila Prabhupada, there are uh, things going on in our movement which clearly uh, deviate from the instructions of Srila Prabhupada. And to close our eyes and pretend that this is not so would be a disservice to ourselves and to others. So it becomes our uh, unfortunate duty to uh, try to point certain things out to benefit others, uh, distinguishing reality from illusion for the welfare of all. Naturally, uh, those who come under the microscope will not be very pleased to, uh, about this, but uh, especially as a guru, I find it my duty to at least warn my disciples against, for instance, uh, Mayavad and Sahajya tendencies that have entered our movement. Uh, this may mean uh, directly or indirectly criticizing some very senior devotees. So it puts me in, in a difficult situation. If, uh, if, if Should I just say, well, what is it? What, what is this Siddhanta? What is the proper understanding? That everything in ISKCON is automatically pure and we should not criticize it in any way. If someone acts like a, if someone acts like a Mayavadi or a Sahaja outside ISKCON, we can criticize. But if they're inside ISKCON, no, they must be pure because they're inside ISKCON. This is not a proper philosophical understanding. So those, those who are inside are more dangerous. Uh, so yeah, these are all very heavy topics, no doubt. But Krishna consciousness is very serious. And if we just... yeah. And simply by sentiment, well, everything's wonderful, uh, that's not going to uh, help us to go back to Godhead. Probably any... I, 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 I know that this kind of talk, it, it makes us feel very sad. And we want to be happy in Krishna consciousness. Let me give an example. If someone makes a collection for a, a major project for Krishna consciousness, and you happily give money, lots of money, maybe your whole life savings, uh, with great hope that this will uh, help for spreading Krishna consciousness in a major way, 
And later you find that the, the project has collapsed and the money is gone. No one can say where the money is. So would you... And then some friend comes to you and says, well, so-and-so is making a collection for a project. You may want to, you might want to warn them and say, well, I also gave, but this is what happened to me. You might consider, well, this person is feeling so happy to give, so I won't disturb them. Let them be happy and give all their money. But later they come to you and say, oh, this happened, I gave the money and the project collapsed, there's no project and there's no money. And you say, well, don't worry, it happened to me also and to thousands of others also. Well, when did it happen? Well, before you gave your donation. Then why didn't you tell me? So you can understand uh, that uh, there may be grounds sometimes for saying things which uh, hurt the heart, but they require to be said. So we don't want to insult devotees or be unfriendly with them. Uh, but sometimes uh, circumstances uh, practically oblige us to, if we're to act actually as the friend of others, they practically oblige us to uh, say things which we, we really wish we didn't have to say. Uh, I'll finish there for now and we may continue later Hare Krishna